Come on, somebody. Amen. High five someone. Tell us it's good to be at the hill. Oh, that was weak. You can do better than that. High five someone. Tell us it's good to be at the hill today. Yes, 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 guys. God is so good, man. We are excited uh, as we're in this series. Let's get practical. Um, so just a quick update. I've had a lot of people ask. Um, my dad had a heart attack this week, Pastor Tim in Stockton. Um, he's doing really well. It was uh, really a miracle. Um, could have been really, really bad. Uh, one guy even said, um, just thinking of it being deer season, I kept telling my dad it was a really inconvenient time for him to be down. Come on, somebody. Um, but nevertheless, I should be a good son, so I have been. I've been there. But uh, one of our friends said, you know, it's really fortunate. God really had his hand on him that all this happened before because he would have been trying to drag a deer in the woods and no communication and we could be having a whole different conversation today. And so I'm very thankful. He's doing really good. Uh, he's in a lot of pain, so keep him in your prayer. Um, I was with Jace. Jace killed a buck yesterday and uh, we're, we're, we're cleaning it. I'm not trying to be graphic, but uh, as you clean it, you cut through the, the chest. And I, and I was telling Jace, I said, this is what they did to Papa. It was, it was gruesome. Him, but it was a good conversation about what this, like really what Papa had done to him. So it was a good eye-opener for Jace. Um, just a little bit different because he's a human, but uh, it was a good conversation. Uh, appreciate you keeping him in your prayers. Uh, we're thankful that he is okay. If you got your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to spend our time. Um, I feel like when I start off sharing that, it gets kind of somber. So we can't be somber. We've got to be loose and have fun today, Okay. There we go. Some of us get it. All right. Come on. Uh, Matthew 6, 21. Let's get practical. We're in our series. Here's what it says. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the, the word treasure, the breakdown of the word treasure in the, in the Greek is a place where good and precious things are collected and laid up. Now, now, this is right after the Lord's Prayer. So Matthew, Matthew 6 is an amazing uh, chapter of the Bible. If you've never, if you've never read it, or, or as we go through this, man, put, it, put your pencil in your Bible or highlight it on your phone or something and go back and read Matthew 6 because it's awesome. But it's right after the Lord's Prayer. You know, our Father who art in heaven, he talks about the kingdom coming and, and forgiving people and our daily bread, what we need when we need it. All that's in the Lord's Prayer. And then he sticks this in there and he talks later about how a man Man can't serve both God and money. And he talks later, Matthew 6, he says this. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6, without a doubt, is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Because he's saying, that word seek means to crave. He's saying, crave the goodness and the king's dominion, the kingdom of God in your life. Crave God's favor. Crave God's uh, outpouring in your life and everything else you need you're going to have that's what that's what Matthew 6 or 3 means right in the middle of this though he says in 621 for where your treasure is that's where your heart is too right now now let me back up now he's not only saying that we can, that we, we do kingdom minded stuff right he's not saying that everything we do uh, he's not saying that okay when you get home go, go home and pray for 18 hours and sleep for four and get up and pray and fast and then go back to bed for 30 minutes and then get up and pray for another like that's not what he's saying he's not saying that everything has to be kingdom stuff but he's saying in everything we do allow the kingdom of God to flow through us that's what he's saying here. Matter of fact, that word treasure, again, is a place where good and precious things are collected or laid up. So the question isn't, what is your treasure? The rather, the question is, where 
is your treasure? Because the treasure was a place. It wasn't a thing, right? In Matthew 6, 30, in Matthew 6, he's trying to get their attention off of themselves and on the kingdom stuff, right? Especially in our anti-social media world. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Anti-social media world. In our anti-social media world, we've made life all about us. Am I talking to anybody in the house, right? What I want, when I want it, where I want it, uh, my opinion, my desires, and don't you dare disagree with me. Am I talking to anybody? Did anybody see that, right? We've made it all about what we get. We've made it all about fulfilling what's in, in me and, and, and making me happy, right? That's, that's, that's our entire culture. But here's the thing. That's anti-kingdom. Because the kingdom of God is not about what I get, but rather what I give. The kingdom of God is not about what, what, what's for me, but what can I do for others? And Pastor Megan says it really well. She said the kingdom of, she says uh, that God's will, it involves you, but it doesn't revolve around you. Now, I know I just hurt someone's feelings, didn't I? Because you thought for sure. Right, you thought for sure you were the only one in his hand. Come on, somebody. But he's got all the little babies. Come on, somebody. He's got all the little, right, right? Like, like for real. Like we're at this place and we've made, we've made everything in our society all about us. And Jesus in Matthew 6, he's, he, it's like, I guess you remember that V8 commercial where they're like, they hit him in the head and they're like, you need a V8. Do you remember those? Anybody remember those? Right? It's, it's like Jesus is like popping him in the head and he's like, hey. Stop focusing on you. There's other people in your world, right? It's, it's as if he's like trying to get their attention and he's trying to get them to understand that they got to quit focusing on themselves and start focusing on things above. That's essentially what's going on here. Matter of fact, Philippians 4.8 says this. It says, finally, brothers, whatsoever's true, whatsoever's honorable, whatsoever's just, whatsoever's pure, whatever, whatever is holy, whatever is commendable, if, the, if there is any excellence... If there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Is that hard for anybody else? Is it just me? Come on, somebody. Am I the only one that wakes up sometimes and like the dog chewed up the trash? And I'm like, we gonna, man, we gonna, we gonna give this dog away or I'm gonna bury this dog. Come on, anybody? Anybody? There's a few of us, right? There's a few, of, like, like versus going, Lord, I'm thankful I have a dog, right? Sometimes, come on, somebody. Like, 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 is there anybody else that just in life, sometimes you struggle to look on the good side of things because you, you typically, because there's enough frustration, you have a bent toward uh, thing, you just noticing things that are frustrating. Like, I know I for sure deal with that from time to time. And, and, and in Philippians, he's saying, whoa, you guys got to stop it. You got to get your mind off of your problems, right? You got to quit pitying yourself and start praising God. You got to get your mind off of what is confusing, right? And set your mind on things above. Let this mind, Philippians 2, be in you. The mind of Christ. Like, that's where we, that's what, that's essentially, even in, in Matthew 6, what he's trying to get across. He's saying, you guys got to quit focusing on everything going on in your world and say, God, what can I do? Not what do I get, but what can I do? So set your mind on things above. Jesus is like, you're missing it completely because your treasure is in the wrong place. Your treasure is in the wrong place. Right? Now, it's not what, it's where. Right? So, is it wrong to have cool stuff? I hope not, because I like having cool stuff. Come on, somebody. Is it wrong to have more than one gun? I don't think so. I think it's a hobby. Come on, somebody. I mean, is it just me? Okay, okay, there's a few of us. Right? Like, I think it's fun to have good stuff. That's not, he's not saying you can't have stuff. He's saying stuff shouldn't have you. 
And there's a major difference there, right? There's a major difference there. So in our lives, in my wife and I's life, we don't hold anything so tightly that we can't give it away. There's nothing in our life that, that we hold so tightly that if God said, I want that for this person, that we can't say, okay, God, you can have it. Right? So we had this house in Joplin that we hated, and we had this Jeep. I had this Jeep. Every other vehicle I've owned has been a Jeep and a truck. So right now I have a Jeep. That means I'm looking for a truck. Come on, somebody. And when I have a truck, I'm looking for it. Anyhow, um, I love my Jeep. I love Jeeps. And uh, I had this Jeep. It was like a 95 or something like that. It was lifted up, had wheels and tires, and it was fun, man. A little, little manual. I loved it, man. I could go. I could run off-road with it. I could hunt. I could, all the cool, it, was, it was a cool Jeep. And as I had this Jeep, um, I felt like the Lord told me that we, he wanted us to give the Jeep away um, and as a seed to sell the house. And I remember thinking to myself, and I talked to Megan, I said, babe, I feel like God wants us to give this Jeep that's paid off, and we only got two vehicles, but we're going to give it away, and we're going to give it to this person. And my wife, she was like, okay, let's go. I'm like, no, you're supposed to disagree. I want to keep my Jeep. You're supposed to go, you're crazy. So I was like, okay. So we, we gave the Jeep away, and then our house burned down. <laughs> That's the gospel truth. Gave the Jeep away and our house burned down, right? Because it, the reality is, I'll talk about that more later. In our home, we want to create a culture of generosity. So when I mean in our, in our home, I'm talking about with our kids. Like our kids have that heart. And so like, I remember he had this like really expensive, like antique looking tractor, my son did. And he was playing with it. And one of his friends that was a little bit older than him was, they were playing with it together and they get done playing. And my son, he was probably six at the time. The other kid was probably nine. He said, you can just have that. And the mom was like, no, 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 no. That's too expensive of a toy. No, no, no. And my, and I remember my wife said, no, 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 no. We want, he wants him to have that. And we don't tell our, we, we try to teach our kids that we don't give away junk. We give away our best. Junk belongs in the trunk. Come on, somebody. Or in the trash can. Junk does not belong. Junk is not a gift that we give to someone else. We give our best. So we're trying to create this culture, even in our home, of generosity, that we give our best. So here's the reality. If I'm watching my son or my daughters play sports, and they're, they're giving their leftovers when they're playing basketball, and they ain't hustling, how many of y'all want to know this daddy, listen, I ain't the coach, but this daddy is going to be in the huddle at halftime chewing his son out. Come on, I'm that dad. I'm, I'm that dad from the bleachers. Like, run, quit. No, you hurry up, Jay's hustle. That's me, and he sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't mind it. Chloe hates it. That's just the, that's just the difference, right? But, but I don't want my kids, if they're going to play athletics, I don't want them to give half. I don't want them to give their leftovers, right? And for that matter, I don't want them to give their leftovers in school. And if it, I don't want them to give a half effort or their leftovers if they're cleaning the house. Because I don't want to raise kids that think when they work, they, they could not work and still get paid. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to raise kids that they have to do their best. So every area in life, we're teaching them, don't give your leftovers, give your best. Why would it be any different regarding the kingdom of God? But in our culture, we kind of have this idea that's like, I'll work with my hardest and I'll do this my best. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, we're like, yeah, there's a little bit. Here's a little bit of effort. And God's going, no, 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 no. There as much, if not more than anywhere, I've got to, for me and my house, we are going to create a culture of generosity where we say we are going to give our absolute best. In Genesis 22 uh, Abraham, we're talking about Abraham and Isaac, and Abraham had a lot of stuff, and he had this one son, and like a lot of us, we have, we have a lot of things that we love, but there's always uh, one or two things that are more important than others, and Abraham, he had everything, um, but his son was his everything, and God spoke to Abraham, and he said, Abraham, Abraham's like, what's up, God, and Abraham, sacrifice your son, your only son, and, and Abraham, and we're going to go through this, but Abraham 
goes to do it. Like I'm reading this and I kind of, can I just be real? Not that, I'm not that I'll ever be fake, but can I, I read that and I'm like, that's tough. Like I read that like verbatim and I'm like, that's crazy, right? That is wild that Abraham would just go with it, right? That's crazy that Abraham would just, would just do it even though it was, it, was, it was scary and even though it was his, his one and only son and, and so on and so forth. But then I, and, and obviously uh, he tells him to, to, to sacrifice him in Mount Moriah and, and many scholars to believe Mount Moriah in the New Testament has a new name and the new name in the New Testament is called Golgotha and it's a type of Christ and even where the sacrifice would have happened could have been the very place that the cross where Jesus was was crucified for us. So Isaac and Abraham are a type of Jesus and a type of God and, and, what, and the sacrifice that God made for us, right? But there's even more than that. Like I'm reading through this and I realize that in my life, sometimes I have idols that I hold between God and me. He's going, listen, Abraham, I love you so much. But there's a wedge between us. And as much as I love you, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. I will not climb that, that wedge. You have to remove it. Faith is a mustard seed. Speak to the mountain until it be cast into the sea. A thing that stands between you and God. He says, I, 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 need, I need us to move this wedge. Because my relationship with you isn't the way it ought to be. Because there's this barrier. Right? And we know that the chasm was satisfied by, the, with, by Christ on the cross. But the reality is in my life, I have idols. And in your life, you have idols. And they could be your wife. And they could be your kids. And they could be your job. And it could be your hobbies. It could be your bank account. It could be, I don't know what it is for you, right? I, and, and it's different for me. But there's times in my life, I notice these idols. And God's going, I think that we need to check this idol. I, was, I like to shoot deer. Come on, somebody. Is that, is that okay in Polk County? Come on, there's a few of us. The rest of y'all get saved. Come on, we're going to give an altar call. Right? I don't hunt fair. I ask the Holy Ghost where to go. That's the true story. Pastor Clinton, he said, you find anything? I said, well, did you get anything? I said, no, I'm taking my son. He goes, well, the Holy Ghost deer hunter will cheat and the Lord will tell you. And he did. We killed a good eight point. Jace did. It was awesome. I just say, Holy Spirit, where should I go? And he tells me, we go kill a deer. Come on, somebody. Try it. It's good. Amen. He's the guide unto all truth. Don't make me preach it by myself. Come on. So anyhow, 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 um, I was praying one time about deer hunting, you know, and I'm talking to the Lord about it. And the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, is this more important than me? And I was like, well, no, nothing's more important. And I kind of go through this conversation with God and he challenges me in some areas. And, I, and it was, a, it was a kind of a broken moment. Um, and the answer was, of course, no. But it did tell me that it, at times, has too much of a hold in my life. Right? He's looking at Abraham and he's going, look, it's good that you love your son. But if he's more important than me, you can't be the father you were supposed to be. If I love my wife, if, if, if I put her as an idol, I can't be the husband that I'm supposed to be. That's what's going on in this setting of scripture, right? Abraham, I love, in the beginning of this in Genesis 22, I think it's verse 3 or 4. It, there's no back top. There's no lip. And, and I love this. Whenever God was like, Abraham, I need you to sacrifice your son. Abraham never said, let me pray about it. Because <laughs> you all know what that means. That's just no like, hey, we need help in the nursery. And you have your kid every week in the nursery. Can you help? And you're like, 
Let me pray. I don't know. There's no one in mind. So if this is your story, this between you and Jesus, let the Holy Ghost convict you. But nevertheless, you're like, let me pray about it. And what you're saying is the answer is no, but I hope you never ask me again. Come on, somebody. Like, that's what we all do, right? Isn't that right, John? Uh, that's what we all do. And so like Abraham, it wasn't this, let me pray about it. It wasn't this, uh, let me think about it. It wasn't this, but God, it wasn't this, God, why? It was none of that. He just simply got up early and went to do it. Like, that's crazy, and here's why. Because delayed obedience is what? It's disobedience. So if I'm saying, God, I don't want to do that yet. No, God, not yet. Not, uh, uh, not yet to God is simply no. Because delayed obedience is disobedience. And I'm so fascinated that Abraham had this heart to just simply trust God. At some point, y'all, we just got to trust him. Here's the reality. He knows the outcome you can't see. It's almost like arguing with a three-year-old. You're the three-year-old. Don't get excited. <laughs> right? It's true. Like, like there's times that I'm having this conversation with God, and he's, he, I'm like, God, I want to do this. And he's like, no, that's not going to be good for you. I'm like, yeah, but I know. I, I, this is good. And he's like, no, that's going to really mess you up. I, don't, don't do that. I'm like, yeah, but God, trust me. I, like, this is okay. And I'm having this conversation with God, and he's, I feel like he's looking at me like I, like I look at Benaiah, my three-year-old. We're in the hospital. Uh, this week with my dad and uh, we were up there for like hours and hours a couple days and, and the kid, we have four kids and they did really well uh, the whole time they were pretty pretty as good as four kids can do um, at one point Benny was there's little uh, Ottomans that are on wheels and he called it his race car and it's a big waiting room and he would put his belly on he's three and he would run as fast as he could and just pick his legs up <sighs> slide across. it was good I thought it was fine uh, at one point he had to go to the bathroom so Benny and I, we, I take him to the bathroom, and um, anybody ever potty trained a three-year-old boy? Sweet Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. Anybody have a baby boy? Just wait. <laughs> we go to the bathroom, and he's like, Daddy, I big boy, I do it all by myself. <laughs> I'm like, Benny no, you can't reach the toilet. Let me help. And he's like, no, I do it by myself, daddy. I don't need your help. And I'm like, Benny, this ain't going to work the way you think it's going to work, right? But I tried to rationalize, rationalize with a three-year-old. <laughs> so he pulls his pants down and he commences to pee everywhere. All over himself. His shirt was soaked. <laughs> it's a true story. So then, then, that's not even the worst part. Then he goes, uh-oh, I'll take it off. And he rips his shirt off and is taking his I'm like, Benny, you can't take your pants off. We in a public hospital, man. You can't do this. And then he argues with me. And I'm just trying to make sure my dad okay, and I got a naked boy in the bathroom. He's trying to, and I'm like, Benaya, put your, and, he's, and I'm telling him, you got to put your clothes on. And he's wanting them off, and, and we're having this disagreement. And I finally get his clothes uh, on him. I said, okay, when we get in the wedding room, go hug your Uncle T.W. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's a true story. It was funny. <laughs> God's like, trust me. And you're like, I'm a big boy. I'm a big girl. He's like, you're just going to make a mess that someone else got to clean up. 
Trust me, I know what's best for you. Trust me, you're not ready for that relationship. Trust me, you're not ready for that. You're not ready for this. Trust me, trust me on this. I I see an outcome. I know the outcome that you can't yet see. Trust me. And we're like, but I'm a big boy. I'm going to stop that joke right there. But I'm a big boy. I'm a big girl. I can do it. He's like, I know. I see what you don't know and see. Trust me. Trust me. Right? And so it is with God. He knows what's best for you. Here's what I've learned about God. He never asked me to lay something down unless if he has something better for me to pick up in the future. See, you're lamenting. You're, you're, you're broken over the thing that he's asking you to sacrifice. And he's going, don't you understand? There's so much more in store. I was uh, sitting at the church one time, and um, this is a lot of years ago, and we're, um, the Lord spoke to my heart. I'm sitting with another pastor. He's from Oklahoma, um, consumed by fire. David Ward, some of you guys know David Ward. He's doing really well. Uh, he's communicating, and he'll be out of the hospital before long as well. Um, but anyhow, we're sitting there, and the Lord speaks to my heart and says, the pistol that you carry, I want you to give it to him. And I'm a packing preacher, I know. Uh, he says, I want you to give him that pistol. And I said, uh, how about I give him the other one that I don't carry? <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. I'm, look, I'm like, it don't look like he carries a gun. It don't look like he shoots. And the Lord said, I, w- I want you to give him that gun. And so I said, okay, okay, God. And so he went out to his trailer. His boys were singing that night. So they went out to the, they had a big bus, tour bus thing. And so I walk out there and I knock on his door. I said, Pastor, can I talk to you for a second? He said, sure. And I said, and I just, I handed him um, the, the case and everything. I said, the Lord told me to give this to you. And he said, he said, you're kidding me. I was just praying, saying, Lord, I need, we travel so much. I need to figure out how to come up with some kind of personal protection. Lord, and, and he goes, it's just amazing that as I'm thinking about it, God's speaking to you, and here's the reality. There's someone in need, and as that person in need is crying, saying, God, I I need some direction. I need some help. Sitting right next to him was the person that had the capacity to answer that need, and God said, that's so funny because you're all right next to each other, so you have the need, and you have the resource. Let's figure out how to connect you two. Now, here's the best part of the story. Not too long after that, I had a guy walk up to me and say, hey, Pastor, I want to go buy you a new gun. The gun I got was worth three times more than the gun I gave. Come on, somebody. But we give our best. And when we give our best, we get God's best. Often, we're trying to let go, we're trying to hold on to something, and he's just saying, I just need to get your hands free because I want to give you something more, but you've got to let go of what you have so that you can carry what I want to give you. So here's my question. How did Abraham, I'm talking about a pistol, not a child. How did Abraham do it? The answer was in his first response. Abraham? Abraham said, here I am. That word, here I am, in the Hebrew is hene. Try it. It sounds fun. Hene. Hene literally means yes to whatever you're going to ask next. Here I am is saying, I'm a vessel. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you. He was saying, whatever your next question is, the answer is already yes. It's a preemptive yes to the heart of God. And it's so amazing what's going on because in this time frame, a few years ago, our church was, we were just in Stockton and we were starting to grow and we were starting to take in a little bit of income. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I want you to take, write a $10,000 check, write a $10,000 check to another church. And I was like, 
but we need that. And he said, I know, but they're trying to buy a van. I said, we need a van. Have you seen our van? It smells bad. He said, I know, but go buy them one. I said, I want to keep my, come on, somebody. No, it was a preemptive yes. I talked to the finance team. I said, the Lord told us we're supposed to give this other church this money so that they can buy a van. And they were like, let's do it. And then I get a letter in the mail and a phone call that week from another, from a company. And they said, hey, we've been going over our records and we discovered that you owe us $10,000. I was like, I was mad. I was like, are you kidding me, God? Are you, are you serious? Like, are you serious? That was the money that we were going to give. And the Lord said, you won't let the devil steal your seed? Write the check. And we never looked back, y'all. Within like two months, like all of it, we paid the debt off and another 10000 got put into the account. Come on, somebody. Like God has continued to bless and bless and bless and bless. Why? Because we already said yes. Because before there was a need, we, before we knew there was an obstacle, we had already said yes. God's about to sacrifice Isaac. Abraham is. And God goes, wait! Not yet. Not yet. He said, I see you've withheld nothing back from me. I see your treasure isn't in your idol. The treasure is in kingdom. I had this Jeep that I loved. We gave it away. My house burned down. That's all true. Um, we're dealing with the insurance company on the house burned down. We're kind of walking through that process and we're getting it all paid off and it didn't fully burn down but it, it was enough that we told that we tore the house down and i just remember last week i was telling about the motorcycle that i sold and it told my tenant if you walk outside and you see me sitting on an air conditioning unit i'm riding my motorcycle well that was almost a brand new unit now i knew we couldn't get full retail but it was still okay i had the hvac guy come look and, and he said you could probably sell for 14 1500 bucks and i was like that's awesome because at this point in our life 1400 bucks it means a lot to us like an extra 1400 dollars would be huge and then a pastor friend of mine um, said man our H our H back just quit and immediately God was like oh you thought that was for you you thought that was for your tenant I was holding it in reserve for someone in the future so I told him I said I got one I said well how much you want for I said no no I'll give it to you you gotta go get it I don't do that stuff I don't have <laughs> I said you go, you go get it it's yours so he went and got it Okay, we're coming out okay. We get done doing the stuff and paying all the paying all the debt off and everything they had to do with the insurance. And Megan goes, okay, we have an extra six thousand dollars. And I went, no, no, that six thousand it pays off this thing. She goes, oh, I know, I already paid that off. I said, no, no, that's remember we did all the math. It's right here, here. Blah, 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 blah. The bottom line is it's zero. She goes, I know that, but we have six thousand dollars. And I said, no, no, you've missed it because we gotta pay this off. And she goes, honey, you're not listening. listening we already paid that off we have an extra six thousand dollars and I said no no honey you don't you can't do math she's way better at math than me I, I said your math is wrong because here is the reality of what our figures look like and there's nothing left and she was looking at me she's like baby you don't get it I'm not looking at the I'm looking I'm not looking at the equation I'm not looking at what you think or what they said I'm looking at the bottom line and after we gave there was an increase that didn't make sense and we have an extra six thousand dollars y'all 
That's kingdom math. Matter of fact, the word says this. He's getting ready to sacrifice the boy. And, 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 and God says, Abraham, don't do it. And Abraham looked up and he looked over. And in the thicket, there was a ram caught. Come on, somebody. See, as we give God our entire heart, we're not holding anything back. We say, God, I trust you with what doesn't make sense. He looks back at us and he says, wow, provision is already caught for you. Provision is already in place for you. sinners while we were depressed and couldn't do anything about our depression while we were angry and couldn't do anything about our anger issues while we had all these issues going on in our heart and in our head Christ died for the ungodly Isaiah 53 in the message version it says my righteous one he will produce many righteous one John 3 16 says for God so loved the world that he gave his best it's amazing because see it wasn't a ram caught in the thicket it was a lamb come on somebody the lamb that would take away the sins of the world caught in the thicket a sacrifice a price paid for you and for me and here's the reality here's the reality god could have said michael i got a job for you he could have picked an angel that we don't even read about and he picked his son. He said, for what needs to happen, I have to give my best. Jesus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish. about money with the church one time and we didn't bring it up they were like do you make money right now I said somehow <clears throat> talked about that a little bit that was it week one for real Pastor Jared I asked Megan should I get a job like I have no idea if we can pay our bills on Monday I have no idea she went ah, God will for himself provide Genesis 22 she said ah Let's just see how it goes. And there was. But not only that, God used people. I had a buddy that had a business, and he said, hey, I have to drive this car back from Springfield, and I do it often. Um, will you help me? And I was like, Springfield? Yeah, I'll spend the day with you. It's my day off. And he goes, well, I'm going to pay you to do it. I'm going to give you 100 bucks when you do it. I went to drive a car from Springfield to Stockton. That's it. I said, I'll do it for free. He goes, no, I'm going to pay you. See? shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. What that does not mean, it does not mean we can sit back and say, okay, God provide. What that does mean in the Greek breakdown is God will give you opportunities, job offers, promotions, ideas, inventions, come on, applications. He'll give you ideas that will cause increase to pour into your life so that as you bless the kingdom, it's in a continual stream through you to him. That's what that means. 
anti-social world, an anti-social media world. And he's saying, I'm trying to get kingdom in your head. I'm trying to get kingdom in your heart. I'm trying to get kingdom to come out in your everyday walking around life. Because here's the reality. This is what he's saying. This is what I'm saying. Here's the reality. When you place your treasure on earthly things, that's what you get. That's what you get. But when you place your treasure on kingdom or heavenly things, that's what you get. Because see, here's the reality. When I put my treasure on earthly things, guys, I'm not saying owning the Jeep or the boat is bad. That's not my point. You should own the Jeep and the boat. That's not my point. Point is, don't let it be your treasure. He's saying, when you put your treasure on earth, that's all you get. But when you shift your focus and start to put your treasure in kingdom things, that means as you're going off road, as you're going boat, as you're going living your life, allowing the kingdom of God to flow through you, cultivating a culture of generosity within your life, as you live like that, when you're sick, there's healing because that's kingdom. When you're alone, when you're lonely, there's comfort because that's kingdom. When you're broken, there's restoration. Come on, somebody, because that's kingdom. When I'm depressed, there's joy because that's kingdom. Come on, somebody. Whenever I'm, when I'm frustrated, well, when Megan is frustrated with her spouse, come on, somebody. She says, whenever, whenever she's frustrated with me at things, it doesn't matter because the, the kingdom says it'll be better than it ever will be. See, when you put your treasure in kingdom, you get the king, the king's dominion. speaking to this antisocial world and he's saying listen I know it's easy to be so wrapped up by your wants and your desires but today he says I need you to shake free and say I don't know what it all looks like but from here on out my hope is in the king's dominion the kingdom of God my hope is in heaven my treasure every part of heaven to infiltrate my life. Every part of heaven to infiltrate my life. Can we see? Every cause you have a shame Lay it all down Lay it all down When you can
ups and downs in you. He knew that you would be here second-guessing whether that was even for you or, or able to do for you the same as somebody who's lived a, a, a more righteous life than you, if that's so a thing. But I believe today that he knew exactly where you would be. He knows exactly the path that you've been on, and he still provided his son for you. This morning, if you want to lay everything down you want to completely and wholeheartedly give everything to him and you want a relationship with him this morning maybe you have before and you've fallen away maybe it's your first time maybe it's your first time in a long time but you've 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 fallen away and come back 10 times can i say that he still provided his son for you if that's you this morning i want you to say this prayer with me and all of us corporately are going to say this prayer because I don't believe anybody should pray alone. So if you'd repeat after me, Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for me. I ask for forgiveness of my sins. I declare that I'm going to live for you. And I want to do my best to serve you every day. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, if that was you this morning, would you lift your hand right where you are? Just let us pray with you if that was you this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Any others? Anybody else? Amen. And while they're praying, can we just give a, a shout for the fact that God is still in the business of saving lives and setting captives free? and giving freedom where freedom is due. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God is so good. God is so good. Hey, this, this series, a few minutes of your time, this series is, is about, my, my heart condition needs to be that I am, I am available for the use of God to do whatever, whenever, however, and so the very first week, Pastor Bo, which if you're new here, that was Pastor Bo. My name's, my name's Clinton. This is my wife, Ashley. We're your campus pastors here. Pastor Bo is the lead pastor of the Hill. Um, but we have four locations, if you don't know, Stockton, Bolivar, Nevada, and Ashgrove. And uh, they're amazing. And so um, I think you should stick around if you're new, but that's just me. I'm biased. Um, I, we, we issued a what we are calling a tithe challenge, and so it is essentially, um, well, not essentially, it is uh, for 90 days. We believe that you cannot outgive God, and you can't give to God, and not uh, with your whole heart, and Him not supply the needs that is required for your life. And so um, we have issued a 90-day tithe challenge, where that's a tenth of everything that you that God provides with you for you that you bring in that you give it to God for 90 days and if he doesn't supply the needs that you have in your life if he doesn't um, overcome whatever you're facing come to me I'll write you a check for the entire 90 days worth of tithe that you have given to God because we at the hill believe enough emphatically in the fact that God is the God of the only you know the, what you can bind God to the one thing you can bind God to is his word and his word says, this is, this is something that he says to do. And so I believe that he will come through for you. 
And uh, so for 90 days, we're doing a tie challenge. So if you've given on your phone, offer, uh, ushers, you can come and help me. If you give on your phone, take your phone in your hand. I just want to do something a little different right now. Uh, I typically give on my phone, but for illustration purposes today, uh, I, I just wrote it on this. I want you to take it in your hand. And this is something that I try to do every time that I give because I don't ever want it to be a, a just a, 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 a exercise that I do and I don't think about it. But uh, I, I, I always pray over every offering that I give, every tithe that I give, because I believe that there's power in every penny that gets given to God for to affect the kingdom of God. And I want to I want to bless this amount as so. And so this morning, with it in your hand, um, would you just pray with me as we take offering, Father? I'm so thankful that I have the opportunity to bless your kingdom with what you've blessed me with. So God, right now as we hold our, our devices, if that's how we give, if, if we give online, and God, if we hold our tithe offering, our money, God, I pray that you would just supernaturally bless every penny, every quarter, every dollar bill, every hundred dollar bill. God, that it would affect and shape and change people's hearts and lives so that they could see the joy of living for you. God, allow it to do crusades. Allow it to do uh, uh, concerts that, that, that they hear the gospel. Father, this is not a weekly exercise. This is a gift from our heart to the kingdom of who you are. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen.